Hey everyone. So a few weeks ago, Aleem shared with us a message entitled, The Senior Pastor is Dead, Long Live the Church. And we discussed becoming a faith community. We are all collectively building each other up, sharing and directing our discussions so that what we are learning and talking about is reflective of and wholly shaped by the experiences, stories, journeys that walk into this room every week. So since then, we've been exploring how we might go about actually doing this here at Found, because we truly believe that every person here has unique things that God has been teaching them, or thoughts and questions that they've been wrestling with that will benefit and enrich us as a community that only they could bring and share. So despite how lovely and idealistic that might sound, if I'm honest, I'd find that a pretty daunting idea in practice. I'm not theologically trained, I don't have a Bible college degree, and I can only rattle off a handful of original Greek verbs. And more to the point, I know I don't sound like the classic Christian preacher types we're used to listening to. Because I'm not. It's just not who I am, or how I think, or even how I tend to communicate. And it's pretty hard to build authentic community while pretending to be something we're not. So it just wouldn't work for someone like me to feel that they could teach with authority on something like this I believe or this I know. But we are all the authoritative experts in our faith journeys that have led us to this point, what we've learnt from it so far and what we're questioning. And I'm really confident that we'll be a richer community from learning from and being informed by each of these unique journeys. So this is an idea of how this could work at Found. Having series such as, this is what I question, or this is what I've learned or am learning right now, or my husband's personal favourite, this is what I wish I could ask or we could talk about at church. So as the first cab off the rank, I'm starting with, this is what I question. This was an easy choice because for me personally, wrestling with one single question has defined so much of my faith journey, my personality, and the good and less good <laughs> decisions I've made along the way. The question of, where is God in a suffering, unjust world? This question has railed around in my psyche for as long as I can remember. But it was when I was 21 that I was first truly undone by this question. At the time, I was fresh out of uni and had just started my first professional job, which was in child protection in inner city Logan which at the time had one of the highest child abuse rates in the state. So going into this job, I thought I was pretty tough. I'd grown up in a developing country as a missionary kid. I'd seen poverty firsthand, but that in no way prepared me for the fact that 20 minutes from my beautiful, lovely first home that my husband and I had just bought in Corinda, Every day, I'd see countless children as young as six on their 13th foster placement after being kicked out or abused in several subsequent foster homes with no sense of where they could be living tomorrow. And obviously, it became harder and harder to reconcile this 20-minute journey. To try and cope, I became increasingly detached as I needed to block God out of my work world and block work out of my faith journey. So I sort of... Imagine that God kind of like cut out somewhere along the Logan motorway as I was driving. All because I was trying to avoid asking this question of 
where was the God who I could pray to for help to pass my uni exams or help sorting out mortgage paperwork? Where was the God of the plans to prosper when on my first week an eight-year-old was so hopeless and so genuinely unloved that they felt they needed to try and take their own life at school one day? The harder it got to not ask this question, the bigger and bigger these barriers in my worlds needed to be. Until one day, I had a home visit with this beautiful elderly Aboriginal woman who was managing several kids on my caseload and several other children unofficially who had been left there when their families couldn't cope. And as I sat there in her home that had no electricity, um, I'm actually not sure if it even had plumbing at the time, and I saw these gorgeous little kids, several toddlers, running around with very little clothing. It was all too familiar of the poor villages I'd seen in developing countries. It was too reminiscent and I just couldn't maintain the walls anymore and keep that question at bay. So as I started to drive home, I just, I'd had to leave the meeting because I couldn't actually concentrate at that point. I'm not sure what I was actually supposed to be talking about. And I was driving, I could just feel this anger taking over. And I began to ask, why isn't the government fixing this? How can the government, the same one that gave me a university debt, let children be treated like this? And then I drove a little further and then started asking, why isn't the church addressing this? How can the church allow this to happen and have such lovely, comfortable buildings for me to sit in and run such fun middle-class activities for me when there were children living like this? And look, there was obvious validity to both of these questions of governments and churches, but they were not who I was actually mad at. And then finally, I couldn't hold this question back any longer. The question I've been desperately trying not to ask. And I actually had to pull my car over at this point just because I really needed to let God have it properly. And through gritted teeth and clenching my fists, I just looked up and said, God, how can you just sit back and let this happen and not do anything? And as I sat there shaking for a while and then eventually calmed down, Clear as day, I heard God say, this is what I am doing. That hopeless eight-year-old was as worth dying for to me as you are. And I'm more hurt by that pain than you will ever know. I have the same love, same hope, same plans to prosper them. But you, my church and my followers, are my way to show that and bring about those plans to prosper. I'll give my heart to my people to feel what I'm feeling. And I realised that I needed to feel broken by this question in order to step out and live and work and try and be part of the answer. And look, if it sounds like I rattle that off in a very rehearsed and recited kind of way, it's because it is. I recite that moment, most days in fact, to get out of bed, to put my shoes on, get out the door and face the world. And if I'm honest, this answer to my question is enough for me to do that about 80% of the time. But on the other 20%, it just isn't enough. 
and on those days I'm still left questioning. And it was a really hard time to try and talk to people when I needed to keep revisiting the same question that I'd already had an answer for and getting answers like, we have free will and sin enter the world or sometimes God lets us experience pain to grow and learn, which were all likely theologically accurate answers, but were still just not enough for me on those days. They didn't meet me where I was in seeing the world I had to see every single day and would most definitely be inadequate and probably inappropriate to the people I saw experiencing this heartbreak, loss and trauma. And it kind of hurt seeing other people's frustration in me that these issues weren't fixed or resolved after I'd been given their answers, despite how theologically accurate the answers were. It, it kind of felt like I'd accidentally stepped on some thing politically incorrect in modern Christian circles to say that you have or you need a different answer or a different truth to a question. While at this time I'd completely externalised these feelings to other Christians who'd responded to me this way, but I know deep down that this was me projecting my frustration and my fear onto them. My frustration that maybe, maybe I was a bit of a failure, that I wasn't able to just learn a lesson and move on, that maybe faith wasn't like a classic linear academic structure where you learn one lesson and then you move on to the next one and then you can measure your success by how far you've progressed up this ruler. And my fear that an unresolved question like this might signify a deep problem in my faith that would inevitably cause everything else I believe to crumble if I didn't get over this question soon. But I began to realise that maybe it wasn't a matter of just having faith that one day I'd find all the satisfactory answers if I just kept working on it. But the beauty of my faith was that I loved a God who desired the intimacy of the questioning and wrestling with these thoughts. Intimacy that isn't possible if I'm simply being answered at or avoiding asking the questions altogether. To be honest, I find it really hard to give myself space to tolerate the unanswered. Not just in my faith, in everything really. <laughs> and I find it harder again to give other people space to live in their unresolved questions. I'm, I'm so guilty of rushing to answer and fix as though I need to rescue them from their questioning for fear that maybe their belief won't withstand the doubts. Rather than seeing that my faith like theirs is not beautiful in spite of our questioning, but because of the God that wants the genuine relationships that only grow in those questions. As I said, this is where I am now in this question, knowing full well that the answers I've been finding will in all likelihood not work for you or not meet you where you are right now or even where I might be in a year or two. And that's okay. And this is what we want to practice being able to do as part of authentic faith community, is being okay to admit the answers other people share don't meet us where we are. And we might need to keep talking and questioning and sharing. And practice giving other people space to share their not entirely answered questions and figuring out how we support each other within this. 
And so this is what we're going to do now. In our discussion time, we're going to talk about where is God in suffering in a broken, hurting world? How do you live with this question? And what can we as a faith community do together to help be part of the answer to this question?